Welcome, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. Glad to see that uh, there's many faces that uh, have been absent this week are back. Welcome back, brothers, sisters. We're uh, glad you made it back safe and uh, glad that you got to go have fun. That was amazing. So, um, are we ready to praise the Lord tonight? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to read a verse and then we'll uh, I'll pray and we'll get into some praise and worship. Amen. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Would you please stand up and we'll pray and give us some praise and worship. Heavenly Father, Lord praise you and we thank you. We thank you for bringing our brothers and sisters back to us, Lord, and we thank you that you give us opportunities to, to enjoy your world. Lord, we just ask, Lord, that you would just uh, be with those that are away from us, Lord, for whatever reason, Lord, draw them back to us as soon as possible. We love them and, and we miss them, Lord. Lord, tonight we just ask that you would uh, have your hand on the praise and worship team, Lord, that you would anoint them, Lord, and Allow them to bring us into that place of, of worship and praise, Lord, that, that we so desire to be in. Lord, tonight I just pray, Lord, that you would just uh, be here in this service, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Lord, we just thank you so much for this time and for every opportunity. We love you, we praise you, we honor you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah.
Just meditate on his goodness. Better is one day. to do miracles the creator of the whole universe everything that he sustains I mean surely he could sustain us in our walks I just want to encourage you guys with this song tonight amen, amen. to hear 
service to you, Lord God. Let's have the prayer to you. And it will all go according to your will, Lord. Again, Lord, I just want to thank you for everything that you do for us, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise God. I sure love praise and worship. I don't know if you guys ever watch me, but I, I like to dance and I like to make noise because, you know, I believe our our Savior, He deserves it. He's worth it. He's worthy of that. Amen? And for me in my heart, that's just, it fills me up to be able to do that. Amen? Well, we're going to have a brother come and pray for us in just a moment, but before he does, I have a question for you. You're waiting for that, weren't you? <laughs> so my question is this: What do you call a cow that can't moo? Horse. <laughs> All I can say also is. You don't want to get me started. <laughs> All right. We're going to have a time of prayer and praise. And um, I wanted to read one, a couple of verses out of Daniel to remind us some of what we heard. Your God of miracles. Well, he is. And this is, this is just a reminder. Jimmy is a reminder of that. Um, Deb is a reminder of that. Every one of you who has been brought out of darkness into light is a reminder of that. So the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, is telling the folks, he says, but if you will not worship, you will immediately be cast in the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there who can deliver you out of my hand? So the three friends responded and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. We pray, we serve that God. He is a God of deliverance. He's a God of miracles. He's a God of saving grace. Amen? And uh, we've, heard some, we've heard some tough prayer requests tonight and some glorious praises. And it's because of Him. It's because of that God, the one God, the God that we serve, that we can come before Him. Amen? So, let's, t again, just as a reminder, <laughs> so there's a, a box right on the corner right here on the other side. When you come in, you can fill out the prayer request for there. And during our our fellowship meal, you can talk about your prayer requests there and your praises, and then here we, we pray about them. Amen?
So let's go to prayer right now. Father, we stand in awe. Just privileged to be in your presence because of the work that you have done. We thank you that you have given us examples before us. You've given us a lot of information. You've shown us, Father, you've shown us that you delight in us and you've shown us that you can overcome anything. And we pray for Tyrone's family, Father. We pray for Raymond and his health. We, we pray, Father, for our loved ones who have suffered and are suffering. We thank you, Father, for more hours of work. And we pray, Father, for those who are in bondage to drugs and alcohol. And we thank you for men and women who stand alongside them and encourage them and exhort them to a different place. And we ask, Father, for your strength to enable them to overcome those addictions. Father, for our hearts longing for peace and for contentment and for joy. We, we long for those things, Father, and it is only in you that we will find them. And yet, Father, we have searched and we have embraced so many other things only to find emptiness and guilt and shame. But you, God, are a deliverer. You deliver from bondage. You take us into a promised land where you are there and we are thankful for that. We praise you that you have watched over us, that you gave a wonderful time at the retreat. Father, for those of us who stayed here, we're thankful for the work that we got to do. We're thankful for the testimony that we were able to give to others. We're thankful for the contracts that you have provided. And these are all reminders, Father, that you are the God who can. And we just ask, Father, that now you would remind us, that you would remind us of all that you do and are doing to sanctify us and to draw us closer to you. And Father, as we go through times of suffering, that you would remind us that you are there, that your quiet voice, that still quiet voice, would whisper to us that you are the God who is able, that you are the God who has redeemed us, and that you are the God who is bringing us into your presence. And we thank you that you are ever-present. And that as we go, we go bringing you, taking you. And we just ask that you would show us your paths, that you would show us how, Father, we are to walk day by day. We pray, Father, for Seku as he brings the message tonight. Open our hearts, open our ears, that we might hear your voice. Speak to us, Father to show us that thing that you have brought us here tonight. 
we thank you for our fellowship and we ask that you would cause us to lift one another up and we pray all these things expecting father that you're going to show your hand again tonight and throughout this coming week in christ's name amen amen well as we uh, get prepared for our pastor Sekou to come and bring us the uh, the bread of life um i got a quick praise just real quick um Last week I wasn't with you guys. I was very sick last week. But praise God, he got me better. Amen? Amen. And I'm here tonight to, to be with you and to share the meal. And praise God with you. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, let's, we bring our brother up. And I got one more question for you. He's looked at me. Uh, my question is, is what kind of dog likes to have its fur washed? A shampoodle. <laughs> I will be back. <laughs> wow. Um, Brian, could you do me a huge favor? Give me like a half cup of water, please. Thank you, sir. Um, well, it's good to be back, sort of, in Phoenix. Um, it's good to be with family. But I have noticed, and I noticed this last year, but I didn't put two and two together, and I'm sort of kind of perceiving it a little bit more this year. Um, without going into long detail, it's, it's interesting how there are strongholds and there, there's, there's things that are in place over areas. And when we're able to get away from those areas, we're able to kind of get away from that stronghold affecting us mentally. And next thing you know, uh, when we come back, we have to readjust. So I praise God that we're, we're able to come back safely and, and, and do what we need to do. But just keep each other lifted up in prayer um, for the things that we go through. And we go through them for a reason, but just keep each other lifted up in prayer. The one thing we don't want people to, to be is discouraged. Answer for what you have to answer for, yes. Discouraged, absolutely not, because you're actually more, uh, what's the word, dangerous if you're discouraged. And plus, discouraged doesn't show that God isn't affecting your life, because it shows that you're not looking towards him, you're looking at circumstances. And God is much bigger than our circumstances. He wants us to succeed, he wants us to... Uh, not only succeed and show his glory, but to succeed and have a good testimony going out. Um, if you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 15, and we're going to be reading 1 through 8. And tonight we're going to be talking about being fruitful. Um, I didn't see too much fruit on the trip. I saw some apple trees, which was interesting. But almost everything in nature especially trees, when it brings forth fruit, it's for a reason. It's not just there to be a tree and it grows up and all of a sudden it's just, it's just there to look pretty. They bear fruit. We, as Christians, are also called to bear fruit. We bring forth fruit. 
and we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. Um, on, on the way up and on the way back, I don't know these roads. Mike does, so he drove. All I know is mountains, and mountains make me <laughs> real nervous. Um, but my pastor used to say, uh, God doesn't deal with guesswork because you can guess wrong. If somebody tells you how to get to L.A., then you got good instruction on how to get there. But if somebody just says, well, you know, you'll find it, you'll find it. You could drive to Florida, and believe me, Florida is not the same as California. <laughs> you will get lost. And you might go through Texas, and it has its own sort of problem. So you need instruction, and you need guideposts that say, this is where you're at. This is where you're going. And you can tell exactly where you're at so that you're not lost. Well, being fruitful for us is the same thing. You can, you can look at it and say, I see what God is doing because I see the roadmap. By the same token, you can also turn around and say, if this isn't evident in my life, if this isn't going on, then somewhere I got off track or somewhere God hasn't finished this process with me. So it shows what God is doing in our life. So we're going to read John. We're going to start in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. And if you're there, say amen. amen. If you're not there, say amen. amen. <laughs> well, let's all stand in honor of reading God's word. The Bible says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Father, we thank you for your word, and tonight... We pray that your word speaks to our hearts and our minds, that it not only edifies us, but it is an instrument of change through your Holy Spirit, that we may not only be what you have called us to be, but also go out and share your word with others, both physically with what you have done in our lives, as well as pointing them to your truth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. In this text... Jesus says, number one, that we cannot be fruitful unless we abide in the vine, unless we abide in him, unless our relationship is tethered into the Lord, anchored into the Lord Jesus, nothing eternal is going to come from it. That's a good notice to each and every one of us, because as Christians, we want to mature and bear fruit. We want something to show in our lives that God is at work in our hearts, but that does not happen unless we are rooted in Christ Jesus. I could be as diplomatically correct as possible or I could coddle people. But at the end of the day, if you are not standing on the foundation of Jesus Christ, then nothing in your life is going to matter that has eternal purpose. You can make a good impression in a moment, but then you'll slide right back into being fallen man, which we all have an issue with. And so in order for us to grow and do things of eternal 
consequence and have eternal effect. The only way that that is going to happen is in Christ Jesus. It's not going to happen in Taoism. It's not going to happen in Buddhism. It's not going to happen in Islam. It's not going to happen in any other faith or it's not going to happen because I just do good things. It's going to happen only because I am rooted in Christ. But the thing about it and the thing he tells his disciples and the rest of us is that if you're in him and you don't bear fruit, snip. If you're in him and you do bear fruit, snip. But there's a difference between the snips. One snip is, I'm done. Which makes you ever wonder if you were ever rooted. But the other snip is that, all right, Bobby, you're doing great. You get, all right, you're bearing fruit. Let's cut some of this stuff off of you so that, you know, that's not a fun process. Mike came over. He um, does the lawn, and he does a lot of great work with the yard work. I watched him tear down this bougainvillea that's in front of the house, and I felt bad for it. I felt really bad for it. I'm just like, will it survive if you lop off all of these branches? Oh, yeah, it'll be fine. I'm looking at this thing. It looks like Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, you know what you're doing, I hope. Two months later, this thing is back over the sidewalk, all the way up to the tree, sprouting all over the place. And I'm going, okay, I guess he does know what he's doing. It's something about cutting back the excess that makes whatever else is left that much stronger. God does the same thing to each and every one of us. Sometimes in order to be fruitful, he has to cut off excess things that want our time, our attention. So that we can go back to being fruitful in the few things that he called us for. You ever seen these people out here that put out fires? They unroll this gigantic hose. They attach it to the hydrant. They go so many hundred feet off and they start battling this fire. You see how many people it takes to hold the end of that nozzle? Two at least. Because of the pressure coming out of it. But imagine what would happen if that hose was just filled with holes. And water is just going out at every single point. By the time it gets to the end, it is not going to have the adequate pressure needed in order to solve the situation it's there for. So for each and every one of us, and whatever it is that God called us to do, sometimes he prunes in order to remove that which interferes with us bringing forth fruit. That process may not be fun. But if you look at the end result of the process, you say, Lord, I see what you're doing. Some of us have been pruned of jobs. It's not exactly a fun process. But then I see what God is doing. Some of us have been pruned of family members. Not a fun process. But the Bible says that a prophet is not without honor except where? In his own household, with his own family. There's a reason why God had it so that I could not move back to Minnesota. Because if I moved back to Minnesota, I'd have been comfortable around family but I would have never flourished in ministry. I would have never grew as a man of God. I would have remained just a family member. And it's something interesting about what family does. If they're not on one mind and one accord with you, they don't look at the growth of a, a child of God. They look at, well, that's just Leroy from down the street. I remember when you used to run around and get whoopings by your mama. They always look at you in a way that they can understand. It's a blessing if you have family members that can recognize Christ's glory in you, but more often than not, you have family members that want to look at you like you used to be instead of how God has you now. Meeting Deb's parents um, was a blessing because their recognition of, of Deb, 
and, and they probably have stories and they probably, if we stayed longer, could have told us some embarrassing things. But for the most part, all they talked about is what Deb was doing with her life now as a child of God. They didn't go back and say, oh, you should see these pictures. You should see, oh, when Deb, she used to steal apples and throw them at cop cars and all this. They didn't tell us that. Although I'm beginning to wonder. <laughs> they recognize the growth. But there are family members who don't. And all they look at is, well, that's my sister or that's my brother. And so sometimes God will remove for a season and sometimes for a long season our family members so that we can get back to focusing on what God says about us and not what other people say about us. Genesis chapter 1 verses 11 and 12. At the creation, the God says, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. The tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself. And God saw that it was good. The fruit tree is not the fruit. The fruit tree is the total tree. The fruit is a product of the tree. It is the end result of maturity that the tree is able to share with everything else. And so the very same principle that he said with the tree, he then applies to us. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Hmm. Next verse. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Be fruitful and multiply. Most people think that the be fruitful part means have a bunch of cheerings. Multiply means have a bunch of cheerings. Be fruitful means bring something forth of what nature you are that is then able to be shared with all of creation. So he tells them to be fruitful and to multiply. You say, well, I'm, uh, how does a Christian do that? Well, you can be fruitful and you can follow the Great Commission. Go ye therefore and make disciples. Same principle. You're not physically bringing forth children, but you are introducing people into the kingdom be fruitful and multiply it's curious because on the other end of the flood the only thing that really changed from this formula is that now the animals are scared but other than that he still says be fruitful and multiply in other words don't bury who you are let who you are that i have created you to be this is before man fell so they're created in the image of God. What they were supposed to bring forth was what God put into them originally. Now, after the fall, we got a bit of a problem. <laughs> after the fall, the only thing that we can bring forth as fruit is things from a fallen nature. We just can't, that we can't help but do that. And so now there's a restoration in John chapter 15, verse 16. 
He said, Jesus says at the end of what we just read, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Again, you should bear fruit. You say, well, I should bear other Christians. No, you should bear fruit. In the bearing of the fruit, you will find a testimony that will draw other people to Christ. If you don't have fruit in your life, you're going to have a hard time telling people about Jesus. If you're cussing and, and, and shacking up and, and stealing and robbing and doing all this other stuff, and we've, we've seen that. Matter of fact, be on the job, stub your toe on something, and let it become Mother's Day. I will not say what it, Mother's Day is in the church. I won't do that. Let's just say it's not good and it's not May, whatever day that is. But you just get the spouting off, you know, oh, flim, flar, filth, rah, 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 and all the people around you are like, I thought you were a Christian. <laughs> That's not the fruit that is evident of Christ in our lives. You say, well, how do I remedy that? Turn to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read 22 through 25. Most of us know this by heart. The Bible says all scripture is given. Don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to this. I'm not misreading it. <laughs> I'm going to say something else. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect and women thoroughly furnished unto every good work. All scripture. So when you sit down and say, Lord, what are you doing in my life? and you look into his word, look at this list that we're about to read and say, is this evident in my life? Is this evident in my life? In verse 22, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> so I used to reading off of that. But the fruit of the Spirit is, now let me stop. If you want, and we're not, you could go all the way up and see the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh. And it gives a nice long list of what all those are. If you ever want to know where you're sitting, go to this passage of scripture and say, am I evidencing this in my life or am I evidencing this in my life? You say, well, if I'm a, uh, like, you know, you can get smart with me and say, well, John says that the, the, the child of God will not sin. Yeah, you are a new creature in Christ, but if you carry around that old mentality and you decide to walk in the flesh instead of walk by the direction of the Lord, guess what's going to be evident in your life? Adulteries, fornications, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, and all this other stuff. You could just ask the question, Lord, does this line up with you? I, I like the, I don't know who said it. I know I adopted it. Um, I used to tell people years and years ago, the Bible says, in all things, do all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So, if you're going to do something, do it in Jesus' name. I'm going to smoke this cigarette in Jesus' name. I dare you to open up your mouth and declare it and see if you still want to do it. I'm going to watch Family Guy in the name of Jesus. Eh, that don't sound right. <laughs> 
I'm going to go down here to the bar in the name of Jesus. Well, you, we can drink. Well, if you're allowed to drink, then that's, that's one thing. But honestly, most of us probably should stay away from the alcohol because we don't know how to drink. Serious. All these things that you wanted, you think, well, I got liberty to do this. Okay, yeah, but when you were in the world, what did you train yourself to do? I'll use myself for an example. I drank not to buzz, not to have fun. I drank to black out. That's how I train myself. So now on this side of things, somebody could argue with me and say, well, you have liberty to drink wine and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but I have memories of what I used to do, and I dare not go back to that old training. So you know what? It's better for me to just leave it alone. I can watch, you know, Deb or somebody else drink a glass of wine and, you know, God bless you. But for me, I'm not opening that doorway again. I can meddle. But all I'm going to say is that some of us are in trouble right now because we went right back to an old doorway and opened it up getting curious and bit off more than we could chew. And now you got all sorts of things going on in your life because you thought you could handle it and it took you, as, as Skip said, uh, deeper than you wanted to go, cost you more than you were willing to pay. And the end result is death. It's better to leave those things alone. You say, well, then that's a sacrifice, and sacrifice it unto Jesus. Say, Lord, I give this up. I, I have the liberty to do this, but I choose not to do it because I'd rather have my mind focused on you. I'd rather have my heart stayed on you. There's a scripture, not scripture, there's a song. We don't sing it because it's one of those old school Pentecostal 7-Eleven songs. Woke up this morning with my mind. Some of y'all know it. <laughs> We used to think that song was simple. There is a very simple deceptive point in that. Woke up with my mind, stayed on Jesus, kept my mind there the whole entire time. It's reminding me that how I start is important. Let me get off that before I get in trouble. Galatians 5.22. Well, look, the flies are saying amen. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. I can't make that up. I can't even preach around it. If we live in the Spirit, then let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. Notice how the fruit is uniplural. Uni plural. It's written as if it's one thing. We could say fruits, but it's the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, what God brings up out of our lives through the Holy Spirit will show itself in this scripture nine different ways. Now, there are many other things that God brings out of our life, but if you really want a quick litmus test, sit down and say, Lord, am I living up to this? Is this radiating from my life? Now, you can say, well, I speak in tongues, or I can prophesy, I can do this. There is a difference between fruit of the Spirit and spiritual gifts. Because at some point, whether you agree with me or not, if you think that the gifts have ceased in 300 A.D. and 70 A.D. and 1886 or tomorrow, at some point, gifts will no longer be necessary. We won't need healing. We won't need prophesying. We won't need tongues because we can speak to God face to face. 
So all those really are either gifts to enhance us in ministry or gifts to help out one another. But at some point, that's going to stop. But fruit, fruit is what God brings forth from the character that he is developing on the inside of us. Fruit. So you can say, I can prophesy, I can do all this. Those are gifts. Those are enablements. That helps you do your job. But fruit is what God is bringing forth from you. It shows who you are. You ever see an apple tree? Some of y'all under, you know, uh, he probably can, and a few of y'all look at an apple tree and say, by the leaves, I recognize this is an apple tree. Or by the trunk, you know, I could tell that this is an apple tree. But really, most of us simple folk look at the apples. <laughs> we look at the fruit. We say, okay, this is a green apple, this is a Granny Smith apple tree. Or this is whatever the case may be, or a pear tree or a peach tree, or an apricot tree, or whatever the case may be, we recognize it by its fruit. Just like each and every one of us, sometimes our fruit speaks louder of who we are, or who we aren't, than what clothes we wear, what bumper sticker we have on our car. Our fruit. The actions that manifest in our life, even in elementary form, often can show people who we are far greater than our words ever can. As a matter of fact, even though faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, most people could care less what you say because they watch what you do. They can care less what you say because we've dealt with the track record of people whose words mean absolutely nothing. So guess what most people are going to, first impression, first meeting, they see you, your words mean nothing, your actions speak louder. Are you showing love? Are you showing joy? Are you showing kindness? Are you showing long-suffering? Are you showing meekness? Are you showing self-control? Everybody's quiet now. <laughs> Fruit is a result of maturity. Now, I know when I said self-control, a lot of people kind of went this. And I don't mean self-control in a simple form. Most of us go straight to the negative. I can't stop watching this. I can't stop doing this. I can't stop saying this. You know, that is a part of self-control. But another part of self-control is called discipline. Somebody say that word. It's hard for me to say it because I ain't got it. Discipline. Not whipping people, but do you follow through with what you say you're going to do? Is your yes a yes and is your no a no? Do you say, okay, Lord, this is what we're going to start, and you have the discipline to stay on that without becoming monkey-minded where you want to jump from one branch and reach for another before you're even holding on to this one? You're just everywhere like a ping-pong ball. Discipline. So self-control isn't always just I keep myself away from the things that are bad. But do I keep myself on the road to do what I'm called to do? Discipline. But when you grow, sometimes that is something that God is bringing forth from your life. It's not, poof, you go from growing to instantaneous fruit. So you have to know and recognize what God is doing even if it isn't manifest. Because I could read this and I could preach this and if I never declare that, most of us will walk out of this church and be upset with ourselves because we think, well, I don't have love. I don't have self-control. I don't have meekness. 
But can you look and see moments in your life where God says, do you see what I'm trying to show you? Do you see what I'm teaching you? You haven't brought it forth to fruition yet. You haven't even brought it forth with consistency yet, but you've shown flashes. You start to get it. You may be hit and miss, but this is what God is starting to bring forth in your life. And instead of just rejecting it outright and say, I'm not there yet, he's showing you that so that you can say, you know what, small victory. I'm on my way. I may not be 100%, but at least I'm starting to get the lesson. It's like me speaking Spanish. My Spanish is horrible. But at least I can speak enough that people say, okay, well, you're learning. You sound like a, somebody said I sound like a ranchero. I'm still trying to figure out if that's an insult or not. <laughs> and nobody will really tell me. <laughs> but the thing is, at least I have flashes of getting it right. I can't speak it fluently. I can't come up here and bounce back and forth between Spanish and English without saying something that's probably not decent. But the thing about it is, at least I'm starting to get it. When you have those moments in your life and God says, Bobby, when you went over there and prayed with that brother, you were just quiet, you stood there with him, you're starting to show the love that I'm bringing forth in your life. Instead of going, but I'm not there yet, be like, praise God, I'm starting to see it. I'm starting to see the change. I'm starting to see development. I'm starting to see what he's doing with my character and bringing forth things out. Instead of being discouraged by all the stuff on the upper list that you see, start being encouraged to say, you know what? He who began a good work in me will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. I'm not perfect, but I'm being perfected. I may not have 100% streak of being all super Christian, but I got flashes. I got moments and I can build on those. Another thing about fruit and I learned this, uh, didn't, I learned it before, but it was evident a couple days ago. When a tree puts forth fruit, it's not selective. I've never met a tree that says, you could have an apple, but nah, I don't like you. If we wanted to, when we were up there, there was a yard that had two apple trees and we could have ate off of the apple trees if we wanted to. But if you notice on the bottom of the trees, there are absolutely no apples. Why? The elk got them. <laughs> the tree's not going, well, these are for the elk and these are for the humans. It's just saying, I'm putting out fruit and whoever will partake of it can receive it. You say, well, why is that important? Because in all these things listed, love, joy, peace, kindness, all these things, when we have fruit, it's not selective in who we share it with. It's based on whoever needs and partakes of it. I may not like you, but I can still give you the fruit of love. I may not always be happy about things, but I can share with you the fruit of joy. All these things that, I, that God is bringing forth from my life, it's not for me to say, well, it's for Oso and not for Anthony. It's for wherever God has planted me and whosoever will, they can receive from the fruit that God is bringing forth from my life. There are two things about fruit that are important when you share it with somebody. Number one, the flesh of fruit is for sustenance. Apples are good, at least the first one. And you can do like some people and keep eating apples and then find that you get, uh, you get that. <laughs> they ain't the same. But fruit is for sustenance. When your sugar's low, you grab fruit. When you're hungry, you grab fruit. When you need something that's going to give you true vitamins or whatever, you eat fruit. You eat fruit for sustenance. There are some people 
who are sustained by the, the Christ-like love that you give them. There are some people who are sustained because of your joyfulness. My brother and Kevin are two people who have the unique ability to find joy in the dumbest things. <laughs> My brother would watch Cinnamon Twist fry in the, in the fryer, and they, I don't know, your Cinnamon Twist at Taco Bell, they start off as noodles. You put them in a deep fryer, and in a second they go, Pwah! and my brother would sit there all night and just watch them blow up, and he'd just laugh about it. And if Kevin was there, he probably would do the same thing. And then they decide to escalate. Well, Ramsey would escalate it. I don't know if Kevin would do this. Well, if that does it, then let's drop water in there. Oh, the water. Let's get an ice cube. No, no, no. It won't have the same results you think. But their joy is infectious. They'll sit there. You're like, that is so dumb. But their laughter and their joy in the process, you can't help but laugh. You can't help but chuckle. Even if you're grouchy, it's just like, you know what? It, it ain't that bad. <laughs> but then fruit is also for reproduction. The seeds in the fruit. Because Chris can receive joy and go on about his business and just be blessed by the joy. Just be sustained in that moment by the joy. But then Bobby receives the seed of it. Takes the seed of joy to understand why I have joy. And the Holy Spirit can water that seed. And next thing you know, he starts to see what joy actually is. And he sees the goal. Somebody once asked me, um, how is it that I can learn to love people the way that I do? Part of it is because God is restoring a heart of love on the inside of me. The other part is seeing, the implant, seeing and receiving and then having the implanted seed of somebody else showing me love in my life. When I think I'm unlovable and they just keep on loving me and at some point, and they're out of the picture, but I'm looking at it now and I'm going, okay, I see what that is. You know, some of us can be, I know I got to move on, but some of us can be so blockheaded that we can't receive love. We just think we're unlovable. It's a horrible core belief. And so we just don't accept it. Somebody just loves us and, and, and supports us and just shows us, and we just go, yeah. It's nothing against them. It's everything against what's going on in here. But at some point, it starts to register. Wait a minute. I saw real love. I saw real joy. I saw real peace. I saw me. And you start to see what it's like and you say, Lord, I get it. Help me to have that same characteristic in my life that I saw in the life of others. Because you receive that seed, not just the sustenance from it, but you receive the seed of it so that you could eventually bring it forth in your own life. What we give out oftentimes in the past has been seeds of negativity and now here's our chance to give out fruit that sustains and seeds that bring forth the very nature of Christ in others. That's an awesome, awesome responsibility, an awesome task, and an awesome thing to see. And the last thing is, is that fruit trees have a season. In other words, there is an appointed time when things are supposed to come forth in your life. You can have uh, fruit and whatever the case may be, but there's situations that that fruit is going to be required. That God says, this is why I put you here, and this is why I'm bringing forth things out of your life. Seasons. 
And there may not always be pleasant seasons, but in that season, that is our time to share forth what God has done in our lives with others for sustenance and then for them to be able to receive the seed of it and to grow. And lastly, for any fruit tree, fruit is the expected result. When you see the seed grow up, it's first a seed, then a blade, then a full ear, I believe it is, and then a full ear bearing seed. This is the parable of the sower. So there are stages of growth, but nobody plants seed with the expectation of it just to grow up and encumber the ground. They expect fruit. They expect it to bring forth something out of its life. Jesus did not die for us to sit in a rapture rocking chair and do nothing with our lives. He called us to bring forth fruit. He called us to grow up and to bring forth fruit and be fruitful. So when Jesus walks along down the trail and he sees one of us, he's expecting fruit, whether it's in season or out of season. He wants to see some result in our life. You say, well, I can't manufacture that. No, you can't. But you can hinder it. You can get distracted. You can try to step away from the vine and you will find yourself growing dry and lifeless and angry and hopefully at some point you start realizing, I got off my foundation. Somewhere I sidestep where I'm supposed to be and then you come back and you reattach yourself and latch on to that vine because you realize how important it is and you start to see your life flourish in the way that God called it to flourish. I'll close with this. Psalm chapter 1. One of, it's interesting how this is the start of 150 different psalms. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night, attachment. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Who do we keep company with? Who are we around that we feel is bringing us down? Who is it that we're putting their word above the word of the Lord? That we're putting their attention over God's blessing? That we're putting pleasing them over pleasing God. Who is it that we are allowing or what is it that we are allowing to be a distraction instead of us being like a tree planted by rivers of waters attached to God, feeding off his word, feeding off of his love and bringing forth the very fruit that he has called us to bring forth in our life. Not just for us, but for the people around us. There are people around you that are waiting to receive from the fruit that God is bringing forth from your life and sometimes you don't even recognize them. You don't even see them. You're just growing and doing whatever it is that God called you to do and sharing the fruit of the Spirit in your life with all those around you, and you have no idea who you're blessing. But it's not about figuring out how many people I'm blessing. 
It's just about following God, growing up in what he called us to grow up in, and bringing forth the fruit that is a result of us being abiding in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word, and we thank you uh, that you do a process on the inside of us to grow us, to change us, to transform us, to renew our mind, to change our thinking, to restore what you have called us to be so that what comes forth from our character is not the ways of old and the works of old, but what comes forth is from what you are creating us and recreating us to be. So Lord, let our fruit grow and help us to understand all the things that are interfering with growth in our life so that we can submit it to you and allow you to prune all the branches that are unfruitful and in surrender as you prune those that are fruitful, understanding that you're growing us to bring forth even more fruit. Father, we thank you that your process is ongoing and that while we may get tired, you never tire and that you are continual and deliberate with everything that you do in our life. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you all stand? as we close. The Bible talks about you will know a tree by its fruit. We're not ever called to be judgmental, condescending. That's not the way of God. But we do understand the evidence of fruit in our lives and others. It is upon each and every one of us as iron sharpens iron that we see the fruit that is born in each and every one of our lives to encourage as you recognize that the other brother or sister so that more fruit can grow so that even they can understand sometimes we don't even see but to encourage one another you know what I see God's love is just evident in your life I see God's meekness is evident in your life to encourage to testify to the fruit that is coming forth from each and every one of us and by the same token in love to be able to come to somebody and say, Bobby, can I help you so that your fruit of love is free from any contaminants or old ways of thinking that is an actual love? Can I help you to get to this point? Not to broadcast it, not to say, like some people do, I want to lift up a prayer request for uh, Bobby. He don't know how to love. I mean, he's working on it. God bless his heart, but he's just, you know, no. <laughs> but to actually spend time with your brother and say, I, I see this going on. Help me to understand this, and how can I help you to grow stronger in what it is that God has called you to do? Not to broadcast it, but to come alongside in humility and speak the truth in love and help each other to grow into the fruitful trees that God has called us to be. Let's all lift our hands for the benediction. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. God bless you.